This is Josie Brown with Author Provocateur. My guest today is Jennifer Ashley, a prolific, award-winning New York Times and USA Today best-selling author. She also writes under several names. Her historical, paranormal, and contemporary romances are written as Jennifer Ashley, whereas her Victorian and other mysteries are Ashley Gardner. And you'll find her paranormal romances and urban fantasies under Allison James. Jennifer is a world traveler. We'll hear how that inspires her books. She also enjoys building miniature rooms and dollhouses, which I would presume is just as inspiring. Jennifer will be joining me at the Barbara Bay Reader Appreciation Weekend in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where I look forward to meeting her. Hello, Jennifer. Hi, Josie. So glad to have you with me. So, I have a question to ask you. I know authors who write in, say, two genres and some who write in as many as four genres. But I think you take the cake. (laughs) Now, how did you get started moving into all the various personalities that you have inside yourself and pushing them out there in books? Wow. Um, Well, you know, I'm interested in so many different things. My reading is very wide. I read a lot of fantasy, science fiction, Uh, romance, mystery, those are my main ones, Um, history, historical fiction. Um, So when I started writing, I just, uh, you know, I I couldn't really decide what I wanted to write, so I just said, I'll just write everything. And then if, you know, one thing takes off, that's, you know, great, I'll I'll do that. And what happened at the beginning of my career is I, I was writing mysteries and I was writing romance, and They both got bought at the same time, or nearly the same time, not exactly, but, uh, and then both uh, genres kind of started to go, and then I just was so interested in writing uh, so many different aspects of romance, and I, you know, the fantasy came out in my paranormal romance, Um, you know, so I just, I just kind of let my imagination go, and so far, knock on wood, it's working. Yay. No kidding. Um, I guess because it's coming from a a really true place within you if you're just letting it flow right out. Oh, yeah. I mean, I know that a lot of authors go for the commercial, shall we say. You know, they feel trapped in a genre. Mm -hmm. And you haven't, you've been able to sidestep that. Well, I have, and I think it's just because um, what I, it's what I call sheer cussedness. Um, I have, people have tried to trap me in something, you know, to keep doing something that's doing well, because of course everyone wants, you know, to make a little money and, and have some success and have, it's really fun when your book hits the bestseller list. It's very exciting. But I also, I have to write for myself because if I don't, um, I think that can lead to a lot of unhappiness and depression if you're kind of stuck writing something that other people feel you need to do in order to be successful. And I've kind of been very stubborn in the fact that, you know, I, I do have series and things that don't do as well as the others, but I really love them. And the small group of people who read them really love them too. So I'm very determined to, you know, keep going to that party. Right. I hear you. Um, because sometimes those are the books of our hearts, the ones that, sing the most to us, even if it's not necessarily the most commercial of our body of work. Oh, yes. So um, 
what is your favorite genre? If you were to say, wow, I have, you know, I don't know, a year left in my life. This is what I want to write. Um, my favorite genre, I have to say, and romance readers won't want to hear me say this, is mystery. I love writing mysteries. And I think it's because I love writing characters. Um, and in mystery, you get the chance to explore so many different characters, not only the people who are solving the crime. And I can, I can also put a little romance in with the character solving the crime so I can get my romance fixation there. Um, but you meet all kinds of different people because every, you know, every crime, every um, whodunit has a body of people. It's like a new play every week. And you, you, I get to make up new characters all the time, and it's, it's just really very satisfying to me. And, um, and then you can follow a set of characters through a series. Um, I do that with, I have a Regency mystery series, and I followed this guy. I'm now writing book 13. And then I have a new series, the Cat Holloway Mysteries, where she's a cook, and I'm going to follow her through a series. And it, that's really satisfying to me. I can do both kind of romance and mystery at the same time. So I would definitely do mysteries. Right. And also, I noticed that you write historical mysteries. How did you get into researching the Victorian era, which I, is an era that I personally love? Yeah. I think I've been researching the Victorian era since I was about 10. Uh, um, I read a lot of books set in the era, like the Laura Ingalls Wilder books and the, the Little Women books and things. And I was just so fascinated by, wow, how people lived in the past. And so, you know, when I've gone around, you know, I've traveled a lot in my life. And usually you go to museums where they have the history of the place where you're we're going, whether it's in the United States or in Europe or in Japan. Um you know, there, there's always a historical museum, and I'm just fascinated about how people lived in the past. And also, what fascinates me is it's so very like how they live now. And most people don't really realize that. They see the past as, you know, people were strange, and they were ignorant, and they really didn't understand things. And, and that's not true. They were, they were quite smart and resourceful. I mean, that's how we got all the things that we have now, is from those people in the past figuring out how to do it um, out of nothing. So I've been kind of researching the Victorian age for, you know, many years just with reading and, you know, casually. But also, you know, when I got more into writing, of course, I started researching more purposefully. But I, I really enjoy reading big, huge nonfiction books about history. So it's not really a hardship for me. I, I really enjoy it. Right. It, it makes it fun because that's something you want to delve into. Oh, yeah. And then when you find a nugget that you go... I can use that in a book. Yeah, it's great. <laughs> you know, it's like, I haven't, I've never read this anywhere else. Nobody's ever used this. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about your travels. Um, I, I can tell that your travels do inspire your writing. Do you have a favorite place? Do you have a, a favorite, something, something that you remember where uh, you walked into it and you went, oh my God, here's my next book? <laughs> um, I'm not sure I have quite that specific, but um, I do love to travel. I lived in Europe for a number of years, and I, I love traveling, and, and the history is so deep. I mean, just every year, there's you go back, there's something. Um, <clears throat> but I've, I've, um, it, it was really wonderful in, in Germany to walk into these old palaces that are just, you know, that historical societies have preserved, and so they're just beautiful. 
and you can imagine the people gathering there for the the parties and the events and you know that that's really inspiring just the art and the architecture can sometimes go you know I can imagine these people here and what are they doing and and you know who are they and why are they here and you know so that kind of thing can really inspire and it's um, you know when I I walked I've been to London, you know, several times and just walked all over the place. And that's really great because when, you know, you're writing historicals, people didn't have cars. So mostly they're going to be on foot or in a carriage um, that's going very slowly. So you, I'm, you know, walking helps me see everything in slow motion and um, it's a great city to walk. So that kind of thing. It's mostly, I'm mostly inspired by, you know, art, architecture, um, and interiors. Right. It's just amazing. So um, were you in Berlin or Munich or? Um... Oh, in Germany, I was in a very small town called Ansbach. Ah. And Ansbach is the place where George II's wife is from, Caroline of Ansbach. She was a very, very popular queen in England. She was very beautiful and, uh, you know, very vivacious and outgoing, and everybody really loved her. And in Ansbach, they are very proud of her. <laughs> and I went to the palace where she lived, um, the, the Schloss where she lived. And um, there, you know, they, they have pictures of her everywhere. I'm very proud. But um, it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful little town. It's got, uh, it was a summer um, place. So they have a summer palace for the, the ruling families of the time. And they have an orangerie, which is absolutely beautiful. Ooh. And we used to, uh, I got to go inside it because... Uh, where my husband worked, they had an event and uh, a, what was it, a spring ball or something like that, or a Valentine's ball, and we went in inside to have the ball in the in the ballroom in the orangery, and it has this fabulous garden. And so I would just go, you know, as often as I could, and just walk through the gardens and go to the museums and just walk around the town. I highly recommend anyone who goes to Germany to go to Ansbach. It's halfway between uh, Nuremberg and Würzburg, um, very close to what they call the Romantic Road. It's not on the Romantic Road, but it's very close. Wow. So it's worth a detour just to go to that lovely little town. Good. And I'm, I'm putting it on my list. We, we were in Berlin last year and had a blast. Yeah. And, and um, also, I agree with you what you say about London. London, because it has kept so many of its historical buildings, any it's almost as if any street you walk down, you're going to see something that a plaque of who lived where, when, and and how you know you'll walk down and they have the original cobblestones and you know the original gates and the churches are all you know very very historic. So it it, it definitely sparks a lot of a lot of uh, storylines and imagination which to me is what makes travel all worthwhile. Oh, yes. I wanted to ask you, how did you get into miniature houses? Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, actually, as I'm talking to you, I am sitting in my workroom in the back. It's just a small bedroom, and I'm surrounded by my miniature houses. Oh. Um, well, and again, this is when I, I must have been really brilliant when I was 10 years old because like, I, I can think of a lot of things I started doing when I was 10. But um, I saw when I was, a, I think I was 10, and I was at a shop, and I saw a dollhouse, and I'd never seen one before. Um, you know, just, well, you know, the kind of tin ones that kids played with, or the Barbie ones and stuff. But I mean, I saw a real dollhouse oh. made of wood with lights that worked, and, you know, with little light switches that went on and off. And 
I was just fascinated. I think I stood before, in front of that thing for an hour. It's like my parents had to pull me away. Oh. And I said, I want one of these. But, you know, they were very expensive. If you get a, a real beautiful dollhouse, it's hideously expensive. So I said, well, maybe I can learn to make them. So I went to the library and I found books and I just started. I still, you know, I made them out of cardboard and little cardboard boxes and played with them when I was little. But, and then I got to realize that there were magazines about dollhouses and how to build things or books. Oh, wonderful. There, there are whole organizations about it. There are shows that you can go and purchase these things. And I'm going to go to one in April. <laughs> and, I'm, and I'm afraid because I'm like, oh, should I really go to this show? <laughs> I'll buy things. But that's really, and I've just always had a love for it all my life. And there, there are many people around who basically have done the same thing. They loved it when they were kids or when they started making something for their kids or their grandkids. And then the hobby, it just sucks you in. I know. You know, it's funny you mentioned I had one of those tin houses. My mom bought, you know, one for me and one for my sister who was a year older. So she got the, the, the two-story and I got the ranch. <laughs> but then for my own daughter... I actually got a Victorian, you know, where you have to make it, you know, pull it together and make it. Yeah, the kit. And I painted it the color I wanted it to be. And I bought all the little furniture and put it in the house. So I want to ask you, um, what books will you be bringing to Barbara Vey? Well, that that very week, uh, that Tuesday, the latest in my uh, Shifters series will be out. It's called Midnight Wolf, and that comes out that Tuesday, and we're having Barb Bay that Friday and Saturday, so that's perfect timing. So I'm hoping that that book will be there. Um, and I think possibly I will also have my new murder mystery, which just came out in January. It's called Death Below Stairs. Ooh. That's a Victorian mystery. I think I will have that there. And I have um, some self-published books coming up in between. I've got a, a Captain Lacey Regency mystery. Um, uh, I have a, a uh, book in my urban fantasy series, uh, which is the Stormwalker series. And hopefully I can have those there too, but I'm not really sure. It's a little always iffy with the self-published book. Wow. Well, I have to tell you something. I wish my 10-year-old had known your 10-year-old. <laughs> And I have a feeling that there will be a lot of 10-year-olds at Barbara Vey, and they will be tapping so into your whole body of work. It's going to be fun. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Want to hear more about the authors who will be attending the Barbara Vey Reader Appreciation Weekend? Just go to my website, authorprovocateur.com, and click on to the other interviews. You'll also find them on the event's Facebook page. And beneath each interview, feel free to leave a comment about your favorite part of it. Doing so puts you in the running for a bundle of the author's books. Listeners can leave one comment per author to be entered for the drawing. This is Josie Brown of Author Provocateur, signing off.